Peace. You are now tuned into the Cosmic Convos podcast. I'm your humble host, Herut, and I got my good brother here, Brother Ra. How you doing? Doing well, doing well, King. I'm mute. Doing well, King. Doing well. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Um, you know, as always, before we get into everything or whatnot, I want to remind you all to make sure you like and subscribe to this channel and make sure you hit that notification bell so you can know when we're going live or whatnot. And as always, this episode is brought to you by Push It Forward Media Group, Calo Prusha uh, Astrology, and our good people over there on Patreon. Big up to y'all. Big up to y'all. Um, you know, you can find us on Instagram at P-U-S-H-I-T-F-W-D. That's for the whole Push It Forward podcast network. Network, And you can find this particular Instagram um, page for Cosmic Convos at C-O-S-M-I-C-C-O-N-V-O on Instagram. There you can find a lead tree. You can get to everything we got going on related to this podcast. Brother Ra, how can the people get a hold of you? Uh, Facebook, IG, via Shechem Ra, or you can hit me up at KalaPurushaAstrology at gmail.com. Indeed, 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 indeed. So, you know, um, we're here, man. We're at Season 4, Episode 20, Episode 95 overall. <laughs> Getting real close to that 100-episode mark. Or whatnot. So we over here trucking along or whatnot, you know. And uh man, we got another great show planned for y'all as well. Um if if you haven't noticed, you know, I've been reorganizing the this YouTube channel a little bit. And this YouTube channel was going to transition to be dedicated totally for the Push It Forward Podcast Network. So big up for that. And uh we've been also um you know, I've organized the page in a way to where you could get to some of this stuff a lot easier. So when you go on to this um, to this channel, you see there's a playlist for all of the mundane astrology shows. There's a playlist for all of the notable um, people shows like the famous celebrities and different things like that. There's a playlist for um, I forgot what's the other category as well that I put up there. And I'm going to break it out into more categories as well. So for some of you newcomers or some of you guys who caught on late, you can easily assess some of the different shows, the different categories of shows that you like to get to or whatnot. So uh, definitely go check that out and be able to work with that or whatnot. So, um, you know. And in that vein, make sure you go um, subscribe to uh, Knife Lord Films, the other um, um, 
you know, um, YouTube channel we got going on. And make sure you subscribe to Caliparusha as well. I got a link to that on there. And um, I'm working through and linking it to um, every last one of these videos as well. So you'll be able to get to it at the end of these videos. But you can easily get to it just by going to this channel, looking at the, the homepage of this channel. You'll see it right there. Boom. And uh, family and, uh, you know, partner content or family content. You'll see Caliparusha right there or whatnot. So... Big ups to that. Or whatnot. So, um, last episode, man, last episode got some uh <laughs> got some got some interesting feedback. You know, I was kind of surprised that, you know, of kind of the take of a lot of our uh listeners and viewers um took on this. What's the feedback you've been getting on that last episode, Ra? It was lit. It was lit. <laughs> Indeed, right? <laughs> yeah. R. R. Kelly's a hot topic, right? <laughs> yeah. That seems to be a bell ringer. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm I'm glad, you know, a lot of people was able to um, you know, see, you know, kind of just the position that we took. In regards of, you know, like, you know, being able to, you know, be able to be critical um, and just, you know, view the situation objectively, um, but also be able to, you know, look at all the things that contributed to it, you know, to what, you know, we've seen with, with R. Kelly and different things like that. And, like, you know, kind of, you know, also shine light on some of the, you know, deficiencies that we all may have you know, coming into this world as well. So I think that that, that was definitely an important lesson that I pulled from last show or whatnot. <laughs> yeah, you know, we all can sit in the seat of judgment until, you know, it's you. And uh, we just really have to understand that spirituality is a hard, you know, path to follow. So it's easy to fall victim to our conditionings and, you know, our desires. So, you know, definitely... Uh, send out some positive energy to R. Kelly, and hopefully, you know he can make the best of, of a bad situation. Indeed, 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 man. I, yeah, absolutely. He had an opportunity. You know, we dug into that a little bit too, right? <laughs> you know, with, yeah. with, with what the future holds and stuff like that. So hopefully, you know, the brother can definitely do that or whatnot. <laughs> indeed, indeed. But, um, you know, um, for you guys who've, you know, seen the promo and see the title of this show, seen the cover art, we got another mundane astrology show coming to you or whatnot. Um, a, a pretty interesting country or whatnot. Um, you know, hasn't been in the news that much lately, but it's always it's always there. You know what I'm saying? And like. You know, when you go in and you dig and you really research the, 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 you know, um, kind of founding of this new version of this country and just everything that's around it, it's very, 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 very interesting. So a lot of things going on in it really ties into why we see the world that we, you know, the way that we see the world today. Um, you know, I mean, like, it's almost a, you can't even really, you know, it's almost like a, um, a, a absolute, you know, zero tolerance to even, um, you know, making a critique on this particular country in the United States. And I think today, looking at this chart, 
you know, going over some some historical significators that, you know, kind of um, show the evidence of what we see in the chart, you'll see why, you know, uh, this this <laughs> this country has this kind of, you know, this this kind of disposition or whatnot. And, um, you know, without further ado, today we're going to talk about the good old country of Israel and whatnot. <laughs> Indeed, you guys are tuned into a treat today. Indeed. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. You know. Yeah. So it's it's interesting because um, I actually called it the state of Israel, right? You know? Um, which is odd, you know. What I mean, but it makes sense given the context of the foundation of it and how it was started, because um, it is really more of a state than it is a country. You know, but it is technically, of course, it has its own GDP, its own military and things like that. So, you know, we it is a country. But strangely enough, you know, why would you put that in there? Why would you add that label, you know, state, you know, state of what? Um, <laughs> state of what? <laughs> <laughs> you have the United States, right? You have, you know, what, what state are you, what, what country are you a state of? But, right. you know, um, it definitely has a long history. You know, long history. Uh, when we choose these countries and the times that they're uh, that we we find, it's you know like Nigeria. I mean, like uh, Ghana. You know, Ghana's been there for quite uh, a bit longer than nineteen nineteen fifties. You know, um, considering so. You know, why this time? Why these specific dates? Because this is when there's a pivot. This is when a, there's a monumental change. This is when something has shifted, right, in the particular land and has been more or less a rebirth um, of that particular area and people. And, um, you know, it's very difficult, if not po impossible, to find the actual original time of, of, of a country, uh, <laughs> except, you know, those that are Western oriented, like, you know, like. America and uh, United States of America and things like that. So, right, um, you know, or a country that was, you know, like India, that's been, you know, pretty consistent you with know, astrology for right, thousands right. of years and, something and like that. Exactly, <laughs> they have a chart. They actually they have, have multiple a chart, but charts. They do exactly. I was just about to say they have several charts that they've charted for themselves, um, just because of those, you know, new beginnings and endings. Right. So you know, we come up with these times. A lot of people think that you know we're trying to lay into the fact that um, this is something that um, we're labeling as something as ancient as it is. We're not saying it's this is an ancient purview. This is a modern understanding of the nation. Well, and, you, you, the interesting thing about that and tying into what we're talking about today is that, you know, um, I mean, when we talk about Ghana, when we talk about Nigeria, when we talk about Liberia, I mean, it's kind of like a, a mutual acceptance of, you know, the land, its borders, who we are, you know, who dwells in it. I, I've rarely come across a Ghanaian or a Nigerian that's, you know, champion, you know, the old, you know, um, borders. You understand what I'm saying? The true, old, true. you know, kind of tribal lands and different things like that. They've, they've pretty much bought in to the new established country. Um, but with Israel, you know, some have and some have not. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> you know, so 
It'd be interesting to dig into that today. <laughs> yes, yes, for sure. So um, we have the time as uh, May 14th, right? Uh, 1947, right? Or excuse me, 48. Right. Um, you know, of course, Tel Aviv is the capital, right? Um, but, uh, you know, it starts off with a bang. And when I say a bang, I mean just that, right? <laughs> a literal bang. Um, you know, as you can see, and it's interesting, we got another Libra ascending here, don't we? <laughs> we do. Right. In fact, we even have the same nakshatra that we discussed last week with R. Kelly. Right. <laughs> right. So, you know, um, but, you know, the thing about it is that, uh, you know, Shitra is a very technical nakshatra. It is extremely um, high strung around perfectionism and making sure things are specifically right. It's actually an extremely scientific nakshatra if you right. will. Um, and, you know, one of the things we do is you begin to kind of um, try to lay a side by side to get a good picture of what the country kind of displays or holds. And actually, and I didn't know this, but researching it, Israel spends the highest portion of their GDP on scientific research in the world. Right. Interestingly enough, right, they spend more than the United States spends on on scientific research. Yeah, yeah, they they spend a lot on um, they spend a lot on a lot of things, especially uh, yeah, scientific research. Um, I don't know if you was gonna go there, but military as well. Well, yeah, military is a given, right? But you would think, you know, Israel associated with science will actually, um according to you know the data that's out there it's compared to their um research facilities and their research kind of mindset is compared to silicon valley i believe it right so that that shitra nakshatra which we mentioned um if you ever heard of hephaestus right in the greek um um pantheon right um, is considered the same as uh, Chavistar, as we talked about uh, last week, which is that that the inventor of the gods, right? It's right. the one that kind of creates for the gods themselves. And so, um, you know, it's interesting that Shitra is the nakshatra that is born under. So we can see kind of where that comes. And of course, Shitra is also ruled by Mars, which does have a, a very um, determined and uh, driven uh, kind of backdrop to it, so we can understand why they're so adamant about the way they do things, right? Um, but thing is, is that it's not on the Virgo side, and you know, there's some data out there that actually holds this particular country to be Virgo. It's not right because, as we've shown you time and time again through these shows, through these podcasts, you always see the beginnings based on the circumstances, right? Like. With America, we talked about the law and the law of the land, and right, this is a nation of laws. We talked about, you know, Scorpio ascendant with the tumultuous transformation, and right, the intensity that the Ghanaians bring or have had in their past. So, you know, this is no different in that the the Libran, the sign of Libra, right, is the sign of promises, 
Right. right? <laughs> and if you ever know, if you have known about uh, Jewish history and the Israel plight, they were promised a land, right? Right. We hear we hear about they the promised land. The promised land, yeah. <laughs> right. The well, promised land is not something that you know we get via our sojourn here in America because of our plight and what uh, you know Martin Luther King proclaimed. Actually, the promised land is really it's it's bequeathed to the Jewish people. Right. And um, it's you know a promise, an old promise via their their religious purviews and beliefs that, you know, the supreme being, God, Yahweh, or what have you, said that, look, this is your land. This one day you will have it. You will be able to reside there and and move forward as a people. And so Libra is the sign of promises, bar none. Um, the thing, though, is that it was created by a resolution, right? And a resolution is also, when you kind of do your little thesaurus, play around with words, you'll see that a resolution is nothing but a promise, right? an agreement, right? Libra is the sign of agreements. So, you know, one hand washes the other type deal. Mm -hmm. Fair exchange, no robbery. So, you know, this is a hallmark signature of, of the Libran sign. This shows that this is the ascendant for this nation by far. Um, but interestingly enough, it doesn't start off with peace, right? No. <laughs> right? <laughs> Which, you know, Libra is one of the signs that really hearkens to and drives towards peace, if you will. Um, they don't, you know, Libras are known as to quote unquote, not like to argue, but, you know, it starts off with the war of independence from their purview, right? From the... Israeli side, it's called the War of Independence, but that's one side of the story. And you know, Libra has two sides, right? It's it's a scale. The other side, which is the Palestinian side, calls it Nakba, right? And Nakba is called the disaster, <laughs> right? That's pretty interesting because when you look at this particular ascendant, you'll see something very key, very very distinct, and it's interesting that again we have K two in the in the ascendant. Same thing with R Kelly. I mean, that's pretty pretty interesting. I thought, but K two is in the ascendant, right? Right. And um, K two is really a planet that deals with catastrophes, with atrocities, with sudden unexpected events. You know, it's the planet of Moksha, which is you know what. Um, it's quote unquote term liberation. Moksha leads you, leads you to enlightenment, but that's only in the case of when you are ready to let go of the material world. In the material world, is the very opposite or the antithesis of that. It is the, the planet that brings calamities, that brings um, destruction. And so, you know, this this beginning creates refugees it destroys the majority of the palestinians urban areas i mean this is not something that just you know was in there they came in they settled hey how are you neighbor hey good to see you you know let's be buddies no. <laughs> it's not even close right 
there was an all-out war, right? And the, the thing is, is that, you know, this stems from another time and another process whereby the Jewish people were, you know, persecuted um, via Germany, right? Um, because of that persecution, the UN sought a, a deal, right, Libra, mm -hmm. to establish this particular land, this portion of the land, as the new Jewish state. Um, because of the Holocaust that the Jews, Jewish people experienced and because of the plight that they had, right, the United Nations saw fit to bring in right their military sources and also along with the British Empire, which was actually already uh, occupying there. The, in fact, the Ottoman Empire and the British Empire were already at war when this began. So war had already been the precursor before this even took place. But um, <clears throat> when you understand K2, K2 is a entity or a planet that creates separation. Just like, you know, in the story of Srobanu, which is where Rahu and Ketu come from, it's separated or it's it's split apart. And so the people of that land, right, were literally removed and split, right, from their original territories. There was a lot of going things going on with the Jordanians, right, with the Egyptians, modern day. And it's strange that the people of Israel, the Jewish people, have had a long-standing issue with those people that occupy the land of Egypt, be it old or new, right? Right. But um, the Jordanians, the Egyptians, right, even some Syrians, tried to, tried to assist the Palestinians in staving off this particular uh, new birth, the birth of a new nation. But, of course, as you can see, it didn't work, right? Uh, they failed. And um, interestingly enough, one of the things that goes along with this is that Ketu is in the nakshatra called Vishaka. It's at 20 degrees right there at the beginning. And Vishaka is connected to a couple of particular stories. One we've always I've mentioned previously, which is um, Indra. But this actually also, there's another piece to Vishaka called Radha which is the wife of Krishna. Now, Radha means, you know, kind of means to, to devote or to sacrifice or something or to really go after it with all your heart. Well, Radha, when she met Krishna, she was already with someone, right? She was already hooked up. And when Krishna came around, and Krishna does mean black, right? She was smitten, so she had to. She was overwhelmed. She couldn't. She couldn't help herself. But it means seriously to be devoted, unequivocally. So, well, the people in that land, the Palestinians, right, ultimately and completely devoted to their land. So, for K two to hit that particular nakshatra at the birth of this nation was literally like taking the head off of taking your head off and where you're, you're literally left helpless, homeless, wandering, right? You become refugees. So, you know, it's an interesting beginning to this in that particular, the ascendant is always 
the beginning, the birth of something. So if you look at someone's chart or you're looking at a chart, the ascendant is literally the circumstances of birth. Right. Right. Many times we can see if it's cesarean, right? A cesarean birth many times would have K2 or Mars playing a significant role. So, you know, it again shows how rough and how unsettled the beginning of this particular state was. It was not something you just turned a page and now we have an, a, a, a happy beginning. So, you know, I, I find that very interesting to see how that plays out. Right. Um, and even still, right, they have another war, another war right after, <laughs> right, in 1949. It's called the First Palestinian-Israeli War. So the first war was called the War of Independence. Then they have another war called the Israeli or Palestinian-Israeli War, the First Palestinian-Israeli War. So this shows that the beginning of a nation is always a telltale by the way the ascendant is placed. And K2 is a repetitious theme that shows that this is going to be an ongoing process. Um. The next thing that we want to really take a look at it, and it's a it's a tell all, is that the ascendant lord, right, shows a great deal of the identity, or what how you know a thing or being or a person is going to identify themselves, and rightfully so because we all know that when we're even talking about Israel, it comes right out of the context of right of the Torah or of the Bible, right. Um, that context leads directly to a religious identity, right? As we stated, this land was promised by God. Well, it be it befits this particular nation to have the ascendant Lord associated with or dealing with something that deals in the area of religion, and it is Venus is in the ninth house, right? Now, of course, a lot of people say, you know, it's the promised land. and I mean, not the promised land, but it's a holy land, right? I beg to differ. But you have people have their opinions and they're entitled to them. Even still, the nation itself has carved out a niche in the world to say that, hey, we belong here. We have a right to be here because God said so. And here's the, here's the reality, you know, if you practice Islam or if you practice um, Judaism, right, or even Christianity, right, one of the three, you have to lend credence to what they say because you're using the same tenets and mindset that the book created in the first place. So, you know, Islam is birthed from Ishmael, right, which is the which is related to right Israel. So, Israel and Ismail. They're 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 kinfolk, right? So if you're using one particular purview, you kind of lend yourself into another, and that's why a lot of the shrines and the temples and such that are there, right? Both people actually recognize as being valid and holy, right? So the ascendant Lord being in that position still lends you as in your subconscious mind 
despite whether you may disagree or not, if you're leaning into that religious purview, something in you still has the kind of thought process to say, you know what, you know, their their claim is legit. Albeit the Palestinians really don't like to admit it subconsciously, but it's still there because Islam is their mainstay of their is the mainstay of their beliefs. So, <clears throat> you know, the other piece is that um, Israel is also known as um, a nation that really delves into kind of splitting or kind of having a dual-sided rulership. Right. Um, of course, you know, you have the main, the state itself, the government, but there's also a religious side that has a major primary influence on how those particular um, statesmen run the country. So that Gemini is that aspect, you know, having two sides, having two ways of doing things, but trying to use it as an identity piece or trying to use it as a way that we get things done. Right. Right. Um, you know, and it, it, it just, it's interesting when I saw Gemini as where the ascended Lord is, you know, they'll say something, but you gotta be really mindful of what they say because it's almost they'll say something without saying it. It's very interesting that their rulership is almost, I want to say chosen, but their rulership is kind of comes from a, a perspective of, because um, remember this is, they, they do vote and things like that, but the majority of the country is 75% Jewish, right? So when you have, you know, when you go to synagogue, right, you're talking about who you're going to vote for. I mean, not in the sense of what they do on the Sabbath, but that's not the only day they participate in their, their temples, their synagogues. They literally live, right, this type of lifestyle daily. So when they're in their particular groups or in their settlements or in their conversations, right, in their religious kind of um, outlets, they're talking about who they're going to vote for. Trust me. It's not a separate conversation. One is on one side, the other, but they intertwine and they go back and forth. So Gemini has that back and forth type of energy. Um, when we also look at this, though, again, nakshatras are really very, very, very revealing, right? And <laughs> the ascendant Lord is in Ardra, right? Now, Many of you may know about Ardra, but if you don't, we're going to definitely give you a few pieces of the puzzle today. Ardra is also connected to Shiva, mm -hmm. and it's one of the Rudras, right? There's 11 Rudras, so it's one of the Rudras, or right? Rudra is like a part of Shiva that gets, that transforms reality, right? And it's not a comfortable transformation, it's a very tumultuous one. So this is a very tumultuous part of Gemini. In fact, it's called the Howler. It's the first time Ra 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 first Rahu Nakshatra. It is first Rahu Nakshatra in the scheme of things, mm -hmm. right? 
it's called the howler. Right now, how would you connect that? Howling is crying, bemoaning, right? Crying out to the ninth house, which is God. Right? Mm -hmm. Saying, hey, you promised our land. Where is it? Telling the world we have a promised land. Crying upon right, the disposition that we're disenfranchised. We're homeless. That's what that howler is. And the other thing that is so interesting is that Ardra is connected to what's called it's a little the symbol is a tear. Yeah. Right. You know, the time you have tears is when you're you're crying. Right. Right. You're in despair. You're in distress. It's the god of storms. It's a sign of it's a nakshatra of storms, thunder, lightning, right? This is how it began. This is the birth of the nation. Mm -hmm. So when you see that, that particular ascendant Lord being there, that's not an accident. There's literally a message being shown that this nation is going to be one that will cry out. <coughs> and because of its, its, its pre-state of what it is, right? Right. It's going to make sure that the world is going that the that the world is going to to help or assist United Nations in acquiring its particular piece of land. The other piece is that um, it's it's about pain. And remember, the War of Independence is where they get their start. Not coming in as in their benevolent. And passive, <laughs> not at all. Very much so, um, you know, to the point where it's it's to the people of that land of that area. Think about a thunderstorm or lightning, right? This is how it felt. This is how it was perceived that this was something that was, you know, when you have bombs dropping, you know, it's like thunder. When you see the flash of a of a rocket or a missile, it's like lightning. You know, so this is the beginnings of this particular entity, and nations are entities, right? Right. The other thing that was interesting that I found was that <clears throat> Ardra is connected to archery, and modern day archery, right? Because you know, <laughs> We don't archery. have bowls and <laughs> things like that anymore. We do, but that's not the mainstay of what people or nations use to defend themselves. But what nations do use to, to defend themselves is what, my good brother? Uh, missiles, you know, uh, Exactly. <laughs> missiles, right? right. <laughs> missiles. Right. And they, Ardra or Rudra, is an excellent archer. Mm-hmm. If you all have been really kind of listening and watching the news and knowing what's going on with this particular nation, you'll find that they have a system in place called the Iron Dome. Right? And the Iron Dome is created to, in, in a manner in such that whenever a missile comes from another country, right, 
the dome. You can't see it literally, but it's there. There's a radar dome over, right? And radar kind of sounds like Rudra, doesn't it, right? <laughs> it has a dome over it that's invisible, but as soon as that rocket hits through or tries to come through, they have a missile system that knocks it out of the sky, just like an archer would be able to knock something directly out of the sky. Right. Right. So Ardra is befitting to that particular ascendant lord, especially in the ninth house, because the ninth house is also a house that talks about the sky. Right. You ever talk about astrology, right? The tenth house the ninth house, they're directly above you in the sky. So that radar, Rahu, is also radar. Literally, Rahu is radar when you look at astrology. It's a wave, right, invisible energy that is, is put out, and it's boom, right? Fee uh, feeling is a feedback system where it says, hey, something's there. Right, and you can see it without being, without actually physically seeing it. Right. So all of these things tie directly into, right, the ascendant and the ascendant Lord and where it's placed. So, you know, there's just no doubt about it that this particular date, time, and place is what creates the nation of Israel, the state of Israel. Now, the other thing is that <clears throat> because K two is in the ascendant, right. Um, they are considered detached. And you got to consider the circumstances of where they are. They are surrounded, right? <laughs> they are a little small piece in a large network of people that for all intents and purposes, given the first opportunity, would remove uh, them. Right. Right. You go to, you go south, there's Egypt. That directly to the south, you go to the east. You have Jordan. You have Jordan. You have the U United Arab Emirates. They were also trying to help the Palestinians. Right. You go north. You have the Syrians. So mm -hmm. they're landlocked. You go a little further northeast. You got Iran and Iraq. Right. So they're literally detached. They're cut off from the rest of the, their, the world that would be of aid or assistance or even to be empathetic to them at all. So K2 in the Ascendant creates this type of environment. Right. They're, I mean, their allies are, are all far, very, very far away from them. Very, <laughs> very far away. Right. <laughs> K2 in the Ascendant. K2 creates a detachment a sense of loneliness, a sense of being out there on your own, right? So all it's a tell-all, right, without a doubt. Um, the other piece is that <clears throat> when you look at this, right, and we're going to get into the dashas here in a little bit, but before we do, I want you to see the way this particular chart is placed. Now, you know, when you look at it and uh, you'll see it out there, it, uh, Virgo, it fits to some degree as an ascendant, but again, it doesn't hold the promise. It doesn't hold the, the, you know, the, the, the resolution, the agreement that Libra holds. Libra holds strong. 
interesting I, enough, from both ascendants, the uh, first lord is in the ninth. Absolutely, it sure is. However, yeah. glad you mentioned that. Because with Virgo ascendant, it would be that the ascendant lord, well, the ninth and the tenth lord would be exchanged. Right. right? So leadership and spirituality or religion would intertwine. Well, it really doesn't in this case because their voting system is a system that votes. They literally cast ballots, the whole d democratic process and the whole bit. So their leadership is their leadership. And in the 10th house, you'll see sun, uh, moon and Saturn. We'll talk about that in a minute. Well, you, you know, like a, a nation, I guess that, I don't know, I have to, we have to look and see if we get a good time on them. But I know um, Iran, you know, they have a um, a semi, quote unquote, uh, kind of voting system, but they also have the uh, what's it, the Supreme Ayatollah? Ayatollah, mm -hmm. yeah. You know what I'm saying? So they have. It would be interesting to see what that looks like if we could get a good time on them because their system is actually twofold, right? And the Ayatollahs hold power over the the governance, right? right? They have the final word, right? Whereas within this system, there is the final word is with the vote of the people, right? Right, but the vote of the people. As I stated earlier, when you when you are in synagogue, of course, it's a sacrilege on a Sabbath to discuss right worldly affairs. But as soon as Sabbath is over, right, mm. you're associating with the same people, right? And the synagogue is not just some place that you go once a week; it is some place that they frequent quite often. In fact, they even have a place called the Wailing Wall, right? Have you ever seen? Um, Jewish people, yeah. you know, they have the, uh, you know, the curls yeah. and the um, the phylacteries on their head, right? Uh, phylactery is a um, is something that is used to kind of um, a spiritual tool that you use to try to harness or control certain uh, spiritual energies to focus them, right? You'll see it's like a little black box on their head, or they have them on their arm, right? Mm -hmm. And you'll see them praying at the wall, right? Right, the wall of of uh, supposedly, um, the temple of right one of the, the 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 one of the temples that the the last temple that they had that was built right in ancient times, right. But considering the Wailing Wall, right, the Wailing Wall is not just done on Sabbath, right. It's done throughout the whole week. And if you're there at the Wailing Wall and you're discussing politics, that's just a natural order of things. Because you're trying to come to a consensus of what your neighbor or who your neighbor is going to vote for, and you go and pass your cast your ballot. So you know it's a it's an unspoken system, and it's not an one that has a final word, but it is ruling or influencing the votes of the people. So that's the ascendant lord in the ninth house. Again, it would be interesting to see how Iran does it, because I would imagine their ninth house and tenth house have some strong interaction in some way. Yeah. Right. That would how would that is how it would be if this were Virgo ascendant. But because we have Libra ascendant, right? <laughs> Look at where the Lord of the eighth, the ninth house goes. It goes directly to the eighth. Right. And where does the eighth Lord go? To the ninth. To the ninth. Right. <laughs> well, we have what's called a classic Parvatana exchange. Right, where two lords are exchanging in each other's houses. The eighth house is the house of 
Other people. Other people's money, right? Yeah, but it's also money. the house of tumultuous transformation. Transformation. Right. right? It's the house of robbery. <laughs> house of robbery. <laughs> oh, it is. <laughs> I haven't said anything about who did what. I just said this is, is the house of robbery. Yeah, right? it's, you know. The house of strife, Mm -hmm. quarrels, fights. Straight up, that's what it does. That's what it is, right? It's not a house that you want to sit in. If you if you had to visualize a house, it's not a house you want to hang out in. It's always a turnstile, or not a turnstile, but it's always turning, right? It's churning. It's 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 it's. Always, tra- it's all not just transformation, but it's also going to and fro, right? It's not settled, and literally, there the land there, there it's not settled. There's called a green line. It's like it's like a volcano almost. Like <laughs> it's actually about yeah. That's exactly what it's like. <laughs> it's volcanic. Yeah, right? it's eruptive. It's sudden, right? They have what's called a green line. That's literally it's called a green line. Isn't it interesting that Mercury goes to the eighth house and Mercury's color is green? Right. It's the boundaries being constantly pushed, right? And literally fought for. So their boundaries are constantly changing. They're pushing out the other people that are in the area through this process of the eighth house, through the strife, through the contention, through the the um the um, revolutionary type processes. The eighth house is revolutions. So you'll see constant change, constant instability, right, in this area of the world. And what is the constant instability behind? It's behind spiritual and religious purviews. Right, these two sides, one Islamic, right, and isn't it also interesting that the color for Islam's flag is what green? <laughs> right, so right. Mercury in the eighth house is definitely doing his thing, right? The green line, which is, and that's probably why they call it the green line. The Palestinians' flag is green, right. So, in fact, the Palestinians, right, don't even have their own state. They're still trying to get a state. They have not been recognized by the United Nations as a technical state. Yeah, that's interesting. It's real interesting. So the transformation, the constant need to try to establish their ground is between the 8th and ninth house. Israel has established because their sin and Lord is in the ninth. But the ninth Lord, which is the spiritual, the higher spiritual teachings, their belief systems, right, is constantly in the process of being switched out with those particular unsavory um, type of individuals, which we would call criminality, which is what some of what the eighth house displays. Sixth house, sixth house and the eighth house are both criminality. But the eighth house is the criminality that will literally say, look, uh, I will strap a bomb to myself, suicide, right? 
suicidal type attempts. Right. Right. This is the eighth house. So think about it. The people that literally represent the nation, which is the ninth or the ninth Lord or the eighth, excuse me, the sinner Lord in the ninth, right? It's constantly dealing with these sudden, unexpected, I'll walk in and blow you up with my, my own body. Think yeah. about you sitting there having lunch, right? Beautiful day in Israel. And every all you know, everybody's having their grand old time and boom, right? You feel a shock wave and you look around and there's smoke billowing up, right? And someone comes in, right, and they literally have strapped a bomb to themselves to make a point to say, look, this is still our Radha, our love, a land. We still love this land. We were here first. Right. This is the, the energy that the whole country has brought to this world. Not to say it's good or bad. It just is what it is. And it's no denying it. Right. Right. So, you know, it's just very interesting that this is the case, right? That the eighth Lord and the ninth Lord exchange. Now, the sun is there, and we'll talk about that in just a brief second, but just know, right, that the government, the government does have a, a way to get back. 20% of the people that live in Israel are Palestinians. Well, let's say 20, 16%, excuse me. Right. So there are still Palestinians that live there. Remember, the green line is moving further and what? <laughs> so every time, no, this is history. Every right. time this happens, the green line goes a little further. They push the envelope a little more. And then guess what happens? The next time the envelope is pushed, the Palestinians feel encroached upon. They feel disrespected, disgraced, which is the eighth house. They say, well, send another one in. <laughs> and it's a back and forth eighth and ninth house exchange. Keep in mind, right? This is how it's unfolding. And you can go back in history and see it rep repeating over and over and over again. That's why it continues because you won't stop it because it's embedded in the specific time that you created this particular nation. Now, <clears throat> the other thing is that when you look at the governance of this particular nation, right, the governance, you know, 75% to 77% of the nation are Jewish by spiritual practice or purview. The moon right. is in the 10th house, right? The moon represents the people. The people have a strong investment in how this particular nation is run. It's in Pusha. Pusha is one of the signs that deals in traditionalism. Mm -hmm. Right. It deals in keeps towing the line. It is it it's ruled by Saturn. Right. You know, it's literally one of the most beneficial nakshatras of all twenty-seven nakshatras. It's very beneficial. Very um, um, 
it's called also Tisha, right? Which is Sid, Sidya, Tisha, right? It's the teeth of the cow. Mm -hmm. right? So the people themselves, right, are very much vested. In fact, that's how they got the land in the first place because the people called forth for this to happen. So the people will always have some type of emotional attachment to how this particular country is ran. But not only that, because Saturn is the nakshatra ruler and Saturn sits with this particular planet in the 10th house, isn't it interesting? What's Saturn's color? Blue. Like in, indigo blue. Well, tech is indigo, but it's yeah. also, it's blue, right? Right. It's the only real blue color of all the planets, right? The only one that's blue. And what's the color of the moon? Uh, it could be white. It's white. Yeah. What color is their flag? Blue and white. It's in the sign of cancer. How many legs does a, a crab have? Uh, eight. No, 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 no. How many legs? Six. Yeah. What's on their flag? Oh, the six-pointed star. <laughs> right. On the actual, actually in the, on the planet Saturn itself, the planet itself, right? When you look at the poles, especially the, the northern pole of Saturn, there's a hexagon that's formed on the pole. Mm -hmm. Saturn, the planet of law, right? What are the people, what is the, 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 the driving force of the people? It's the Torah. Torah mm -hmm. means the what? The law. The law. Yeah. Right? Conservative. Disciplined. Right? Their whole nation. The whole nation on Saturday, everything stops. Yeah, I know some um just a, a quick aside, there's some um some Jewish restaurants around here. Um that they close by what, like three Friday p.m. Night. on Friday, Friday, and they're closed mm, on Saturday. I was Israelite for quite some time. And Friday well, I mean, night, yeah, is it? It's cut off. If you ain't got it done by Friday night, buddy, you got to wait till sun sundown Saturday, usually Sunday. Mm -hmm. So the whole nation is under the law, right? Saturn in the tenth house moon in there with it so the people follow it what wholeheartedly Holy. yeah this is how you begin this this is again over and over and over again this is who and what this nation is all about literally the whole country eats kosher get a piece of pork and see and what happens when you bring it into the nation what they'll probably beat you down in the streets right have some bacon bacon sandwich <laughs> right. Go see if you can find a bacon sandwich in the country. You can't find it. <laughs> they don't sell pork, right? Which is kosher, right? The law states you cannot eat swine. Kosher is not just swine, but you know, kosher is certain ingredients that you can't even include in the food. And what planet rules food? The moon. Moon. Right. 
So again, right, going deeper into the how this particular process, the, the governance itself follows the law, right? Unshakably so. Just like when we saw with Nigeria, I mean Nigeria, excuse me, Ghana, the three planets in the fourth, these two planets are in the tenth, but it aspects the fourth house. So, and the uh, fourth ruler is in the tenth. Yeah. Yeah. It says um, they got um, the meat law 94 prohibits all imports of non-kosher meats into Israel. And what I, that's what I just said. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? They don't play. Imports, foreign substances, is the 12th house. Saturn aspects the 12th house from the 10th. Restricting foreign substances. Right? Bar none, folks. This is what it is. Now, <clears throat> the sun, right? The ruler, the king. It rules the 11th house. The 11th house <clears throat> is the gains of a nation. Right. It's the income. It's how they make the money. Well, it's in the eighth house of other people's money. Right. And other people's money. Did you know that the United States of America gives $3.8 annually, $3.8 billion annually, and has been doing so for the last, well, this is the most recent deal they struck in 2020. They were trying to get $5 billion annually, and the United States struck a deal for $3.8 billion. <laughs> prior to that, the 10 years prior, they were getting, um, I think, $2.8 billion. Yeah. Prior to that, they were getting, I think, $1.9 or $2 billion. So them, and that's since, this is since 85. <coughs> Excuse me. So since 85... United States has been giving billions and billions and billions of dollars to the Israeli government. Not right. only that, not only that. Remember I talked about Germany earlier. Mhm. Mm there's a there's a paper called the Haaretz, right? It's actually a paper that uh is uh Jewish or oriented around uh Jewish news and things like that. I think it actually might even be out of Israel itself, but Last year, no, 2019, excuse me, they reported that um, Germany still owes them $19 billion. Germany has had to pay reparations, right, to the Jewish people for the Holocaust. Now, Hitler has been gone, right? The whole Nazi party has been dismantled. All of that's, you won't even, can't find a rent. Well, you can find sure remnants, but... Right, they don't rule anything, or they don't have any real power. And if they do, you and I won't know about it. But nonetheless, they still owe nineteen billion dollars. You know, the the interesting thing about that is two things. One, you know, um, you know those uh, on that uh, on the first we build podcast did a episode talking about you know the issues between black immigrants and black Americans and. Um, you know, some things about reparations and stuff like that, you mm -hmm. know, for all my, my, my ADOS people. Um, I mean, this is a, 
this is the difference between us, our situation, and their situation. You know, they got. <laughs> a, <laughs> I mean, this is this is a, the difference, right? Because you see, the United States has a invested interest in the success and the the sustainability of the Israeli state <laughs> or whatnot, you Plus know, coming out. not checkers, you know. Exactly. But I mean, checkers. you got to realize, though, but after World War II, that's when United States became a legitimate bona fide world power. Right. You know, right. and this is, and Israel was like it's, hey. like it's you know what I mean? Like it's a yeah. little feather in side his hat. Sidekick. Right. Yeah. It's the sidekick. Because it's called the state of Israel. Exactly. So the United States is like, they, you know, whatever we got, until something dramatically changes, they're always technically has Israel's back. And that's how they got their reparations in the first place. We have no such ally like that right now. (laughs) And here's the thing. Man, you speaking to the peanut gallery, brother. Look, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I would never diminish any people's atrocity or Holocaust, right? Right. Because that's a painful experience to happen to anyone. Absolutely. But the Japanese, right, have had an experience, right? Right. Right. Um, Africans. And people of African descent have had an experience. There were six million that died in the Holocaust, right? Right. There's a hundred million and counting, right? And when I say and counting, I'm talking about not just in the Middle Passage, not just in the sense of the slave trade, but during the particular Jim Crow era. Uh, during the particular uh, civil war, right, uh, in the 40s, 50s, right, 30s, right, you can count the the number of lynchings, the number of um, just the brutality that Africans have experienced in their diaspora, right? It's not a holocaust, it's a holocaust, mm-hmm. right? Because we're still living in the aftermath and the effects of this with no conversation or consideration of being repaired, right? Not even a, remember, they have a state. We don't have a state. Right. right? So, you mean, it is definitely something to think about and ponder that this nation can pay $3.8 billion annually, right, to a nation that is over... Seas. Now, of course, it's strategic for them to have them there. It is a military advantage, right? Because of course, it makes sense. They're the one nation that actually has nuclear capabilities. Israel knocked out Iraq's um, uh, nuclear reactor in the 80s. They had a nuclear reactor, right? Boom. Not anymore. Right, because they didn't want them to achieve the level of nuclear capability that they have. But they are the only nation, folks, that have cap- that capability in the whole area. Probably, for uh, I mean, considering all the nations of Africa and the Middle East, publicly, publicly, right? There's some you know suspicions 
or some right. other Iran, Iran, like that, right, yeah. right. But they stopped that too, right? Yeah. So you know what I mean? Like this is strategic. It's chess, not checkers. But here's the other thing: we talked about the sun in the eighth house. Well, the sun rules the eleventh. Do you know right. what the other means of the nation? The main one of the main means of the nation ga- gaining their resources. The eighth house is the house of taxes. <laughs> they have one of the highest taxes in the world. At 10%, right? Well, when you're between a certain bracket, between <laughs> when you make up to about $75,000, it's a 10%. And it continues to go on up. But America stops their tax level at 37%. Once you reach of a hundred and between a hundred to two hundred thousand dollars, it stops at thirty-seven. It doesn't go any further. Israel says no. We need half of that. <laughs> so if you make a million, they get half a million. Did you hear me? <laughs> if you make a million, they get half a million dollars. So every one dollar you make, they get fifty cents. If you make over. $500,000 a year. That's unheard of. Yikes. <laughs> so if you're rich, they're rich too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're making money, they're making money too. This is how they get their income, the 11th house. See, this is why it doesn't fit with Virgo. Changes the game. So, you know, and... There's a, there's conjectures. Now, the reason why we have Virgo, I'll tell you, this, I mean, Libra, tell you the secret, is because of the Ayanamsha that we use. We use Krishnamurti's Ayanamsha. Lahiri is what many other people use. And Lahiri is behind six minutes. So you know the difference. So if you are out there and you use you practice this astrology and you keep running it and it comes up Virgo and you don't know why, you use Krishnamurti. And you probably should use Krishnamurti altogether because it literally has been corrected and is right and exact. I mean, I've done the research and it nudges it just enough to where it pinpoints the information. So this is why we have this particular ascendant. So interestingly enough, right? Just showing that their gains, as soon as you gain money, if you're a millionaire, they're a millionaire. Right? That's that's crazy. That's that's serious business. Imagine you move from America and you have $30 million a year. As soon as you get there, if you make the same $30 million, now you make $15 million <laughs> Because they get the other 15. Right. That's extreme taxes, folks. That's the eighth. That's the eighth son in the eighth house. That's government running the taxes. That's literally the ruler, the ruling parties saying, "Look, if you want to live here, you got to pay. Right? You got to pay." Yeah, because they're sitting. I mean, I mean, you're in a sea of, you know, what I'm saying you're in a sea of sharks. You got, I mean, like their, their defense, like I was telling you, you know, uh, one of my partners, um, you know, he's a, a African, um, you know, Hebrew Israelite and they have their, they have a community, they have a city in Demona. Israel. Mm-hmm. Demona, right. Mm-hmm. You know, um, 
I mean, everybody has to serve in the military in Israel. Everyone. Everyone has hey. to do a stint in the military. You have no choice. Sec, we're, so here's how you we look at that, right? The baseline values of a nation is the second house. Right. The baseline values of, of you and I and our upbringing is the second house. So our upbringing, whenever you want to look at someone's basic childhood, you look at the second house. So at the age of 18, every single Israeli has to spend two years in the military. That means that I don't care what happens. It's, a, it's not even considered really a draft. Right? A draft is something you enact in wartime needs. They're already at war in the first place. That's what they're telling you, that we are born at war. <laughs> Scorpio is the second house for Libra Ascendant, right? The second Lord goes to the 11th. The 11th house is the social atmosphere of a nation. So the social atmosphere is already martial in the first place. Right. Bar none. Right, like they they tell me all the time, like man, trying to get through the Israeli airports, forget about it. It's a whole. I mean, if you think you can't you know, get a piece of pork in there, let alone <laughs> they, they own you, man. They own you hot, like man. You ain't, you know what I mean? They it, it, ain't it's, nothing it's coming through. Nothing. Hyper security. That's what I'm saying. And Mars aspects back to the second house from its fourth house aspect. Right. So the in the the values of the nation is military. Right. Mars is in Leo. Leo is the sign of what? Rulership. Yeah. The ruling parties. So, you know, it shows without a doubt. And not only that, not only that, right? The eleventh. Lord is in the sign back to the nakshatras, Kritika. Right. Critical. Taxes are critical. <laughs> right? Do not, don't move in here and think you're going to get off light. I mean, it goes up in increments from there. America stops at 37%, folks. So if you rich, you get basically... You can round it out 35. So, right, you get 65 cents, they get 35 cents. You get to keep a little bit more than they have. No, they get half. It's critical. And critica means to cut. So, literally, they cut the money in half. Mm. It's, I mean, you yeah, know. If you, make, if you make over $649,560, it's 50%. Right. <laughs> 500,000 is 47%. You might as well say 50%. 50%, right? <laughs> That's what I said. Anytime it's over $500,000, we need that. Come off that. And that's not even including capital gains. St sales tax? But they don't tax inheritance. Right. Makes sense, right? Because the right. eighth house. <laughs> Other people's money. <laughs> you won't tax that. But everything else, ante up. 
So this is how the game consistently gain. Remember, they spend the most on research. Research. Right? Science, science is literally has a lot to do with the eighth house. Digging deep, researching, going underneath, right? Pulling out secrets. This this is this is their this is this is who they are. Now, there's another piece to see in that Jupiter in the third, right? You know, Jupiter, me and my good brother was talking about it earlier. Jupiter in third house is very interesting. It really is. Um, right. You know, I've seen a lot of charts with Jupiter in the third, and it just has this kind of energy that produces a, a strong... I don't want to say subtle or soft, but you know, it's almost like preachy to some degree, but then they don't live up to the creed of what they preach in a, in, in a way. And Jupiter being in the third, considering, right, if you are the emissaries, right, or the representatives of, as the, you're supposed to be the nation of God, that's what this is all about. Right. right? Supposed to be the nation of God. The the example for all the world to live by. As what I've stated in the in, in the recent right to that in tonight's show, you make the judgment, right? I'll let right. that be up to you. Right? Is this the nation of God? Is this what we would espouse to if we were to create our own nation and follow the example of what has been shown? Jupiter is in the third house in opposition to the ascended Lord. That mm -hmm. says a lot. It aspects the ascended Lord, absolutely. But there's also an opposition to it. So there's a seesaw effect off and on, hot and cold, left and right, up and down, around and back, right? But not only that, Jupiter rules the third house and the third house is neighbors. Mm-hmm. Your neighboring countries, even within their own literal backyard, is in opposition to you. Right. Right. Jupiter is the sixth highest, has the sixth highest degree in the chart. When we talked about Jaimini Karakas in the Chara Karaka system, this is called the Nati Karaka. And the Nati Karaka is the Karaka of enemies. So this shows that the country has a adamant disposition to fight off their neighboring countries around religious matters. Right. All day long. All day long. Right. Think about it. They're fighting over the literal temples, right? And this is supposed to be the holy land. The holy land. The holy land. How is it holy? Just a question. If every other week you're arguing about which place is the place of Jesus, which place is the place of, of whomever, whatever saint or 
whatever in, uh, individual you want to proclaim of the Bible, right? That's unholy, in fact. Right? Peace is what's holy. Agreement, problem solving, right? Being able to see eye to eye. Just, to, just something to ponder when these particular, I mean, literally, they argue around which place is the place that's supposed to be the temple, right? They have a mosque there, but then the mosque, right, is kind of superseded by, right, um, or considered not holy by those people that are, you know, of a different religious purview, be it Christian or be it, or be it Jew, uh, Jewish. Right. Eighth Lord, yeah. eighth Lord exchanging with the ninth, being aspected by Jupiter in the third. Right, because you would think that if, again, like you stated, if it's supposed to be like the model nation, there would be no debate about, you know, it wouldn't be a debate of if we should have a two-state solution or blah, blah, blah. You, you know, they'll be trying to figure out how do we do it, you know? That's like blasphemous over there to a lot of people to even consider a two-state solution. Exactly. You know? Exactly. <laughs> You can't you can't put one side is this and the other side and, and you practice what you practice and practice it side by side. That's right. that's the model if you're going to say that you are the um the representative of God. And make Jerusalem independent. Make it like a city state, it doesn't belong to anybody. They've been I heard Trump was trying to do that. Mm-hmm. They were really like the on, they were on his head. Yeah. Almost like the Vatican. Make it like the Vatican. Make it a city right. state. Right. It's a city state. Well, I guess a state can't have a city state within it, right? They I mean, can. It, it can does. if you wanted to, ultimately, but you yeah. don't want to. Right. You know? Um, have like a rule by a, you know, a council of, you know, religious, you know, Leaders, you know, have sides uh, on each side. It's you have your Islamic, you have your yeah, right. And you have people that can come to an agreement and you know nod off and carry your Quran. I carry my Torah and you carry your Bible, and we all have a good time. Right. Right. They have no interest in that. No. Not not and not then, from what I see. And probably never will. Right. This is these are old wounds, old battles. You know. Islam has been around for 1,400 years, right? Remember, the Ottoman Empire ruled mm -hmm. this area for hundreds of years. Hundreds of years. That's why, right, there's a, there was a migration of, right, of the Jewish people to this area, a, a migration, but it was a migration. So they, and think about it. The Palestinians allowed them there. They didn't, Palestinians didn't keep them out. But this is also where the Crusades were done. This is where the Crusades happened, folks. I got a book that you guys should read. It's called The Crusades Through um, Arab Eyes. It's an interesting book. Very interesting I bet book. that I is it. very interesting. I have I to check that one out. Somewhere. I have to I check that one out. This is, where, yes. this, is, this is where the Crusades were, 14, 1500s. What were the Crusades about? The Knights Templar going in and taking a lot of the artifacts 
and taking a lot of the land and try to claim it for Christian or for the Christian religion, for Christianity. So this has always been a land of fighting. It's never been a land of just complete and utter peace. That's why I question, and I'll ask you the question, is this truly the Holy Land? Right? Because the Holy Land at some point should bring peace. You know? And I would be interested, it would be interesting to see because, you know, we have what are called ley lines. And I would mm -hmm. be interested to see if there's some specific type of energies that are running through that particular part of the world. I mean, originally, this was really old. I mean, this is where Megiddo is, folks. If you've ever heard of Megiddo, this is where you get the word Armageddon. Megiddo is in this area. Right? Megiddo was fought by whom? The ancient commissions, right? And the Palestine, in the Philistines, or the, um, but the Philistines, right? Mm -hmm. Again, this is a everything in this area has been always tumultuous. Before that, it was the Canaanites that were there, right? Canaanites had a relationship with the ancient Egyptians, but there was always kind of a love hate relationship between the Canaanites and the ancient Egyptians. So, again. And remember, in the book itself, it tells that the Israelites, or the Hebrews at the time, right, because they weren't Israelites yet, came and took the land from the Canaanites. So, I mean, if you go back in time and just study a little bit, you know, you begin to see that there's some unholiness about this holy land. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know getting deeper into this right you know <clears throat> we look at the dasha periods right and we'll dive into these before we go just to kind of get a good idea about what this looks like here you know when it starts off right we're directly in a saturn dasha right we're in a saturn dasha Saturn right now? is no no as it starts, right? right? Oh yeah, the time as it starts, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, as it starts, right? It's in a Saturn Dasha. Saturn is not a comfortable jump off. Even even though Saturn is one of the better planets for this particular ascendant, it's still not placed in an ideal situation. It's in the nakshatra of Ashlesha. Mm-hmm. Ashlesha is ruled what is by what is called Shesha, right? Or the serpent or Sarpa. Sarpa is another term for it, right? It's literally not the type of serpent that we think about with a cobra, not that type, but the type of where we talk about a boa constrictor or a python, right? One that wraps around, right? And squeezes and holds and re re it's called the clinging energy. That's one of the energies that is the shaktis that is produced by, right? Ashlesha is called the clinging energy, that which clings to something, holds on to it with an iron grip, doesn't want to let go. Relentless energy, right? S energy that is serpentine, like that, literally is cunning, right? That is manipulative. And where is the Lord of 
Ash, 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 Arshesha. It's in the eighth house. Eighth house. The Lord of the Nakshatra, right? The sub Lord tells a lot, just like the, the Lord of the sign, so does the Lord of the Nakshatra. And the Lord of the Nakshatra is in the eighth house of tumultuous and sudden unexpected energy. So the jump off has this backdrop to it. Right. Remember I said, right? I mean, here's the thing. If you want to go to war, guess what? One of the best nakshatras to choose is Ashlesha. It's sharp. It's called a Tikshna nakshatra. It's sharp. <laughs> right? Right. I mean, when I was like this, that's crazy, right? It's a sharp that's nakshatra. It. It's it's intense. It's the claws of the crab. It is, right? It's the grip, the of, grip. The of, the, of that crab, right? And some crabs have a, you know, um, there's a crab that can actually hunt birds. It's called a coconut crab. Mm -hmm. They're huge. They're massive. You can't eat them either, right? <laughs> I mean, if you try to eat this crab, it, it's not going to taste too well, right? These crabs climb trees with their claws. They, they drop the coconuts down so they crack open. And they have long been seen to grab birds and eat birds. <laughs> That's the kind of claw power, the pinching power, the clenching power that we're talking about. So think about the people at that time that were in that land. They were clawing and holding on with their life. And so were the Israelis where they were clawing and trying to come in and hold on to the land that they proclaimed. So this war of independence, right? The, the Nukba was set afoot, and a lot of calamities, right, atrocities were were generated through this particular birth, hmm. right? The other thing is that <clears throat> shortly after, right, the first Israeli-Palestinian or Palestinian-Israeli war is created in 19 between 1948 to 1949 and that's when we have a Saturn Mars Dasha Saturn Mars Dasha right see there 1948 to 19 Saturn Mars is right there in 1949 but 1948 is right before it that's the moon so moon goes into Mars right Moon is with Saturn. So again, right? Understanding how this works, <clears throat> that war was the first jump, not the first war, but the first war where these two sides said, look, that's it, right? You taking your green line is keep on keeps on coming. We're losing land. By the time we get done with us, we're gonna be somewhere else. So we got to fight for what we know. So we got to hold on, right, to what it is that we have. And Mars rules the seventh house, rules the second house of values, but also rules the seventh house. And the seventh house is also a house of opposition. Some even say the seventh house is a house of war. That's why the old saying, yes, it's a house of marriage. But what's the saying? There's a thin line, thin line between, between love and hate. Love and hate. Love and war. Because the person that you love is also the person that you end up hating, provided that relationship falls apart. 
So you go to war. They even have a movie called War of the Roses, right? Mm-hmm. Where the two people were going and they was trying to, they were trying to kill each other, right? <laughs> right. Now this is an old adage, right? But nonetheless, this is true. Right. Mars, right, rules the seventh house. The seventh house is a house of death. Most people think the eighth house is a house of death. The eighth house is a house of death-like circumstances, but not the actual house of death in and of itself. It's the seventh house that takes you out. So, literally, this is a time of war. After that, after this, right, if you right move forward a little, if you go to 1967, right, this is what's called the Six-Day War. And this is literally the war that shifted. This is the war that settled and set up Israel as we know it today. This is the borders that were formed during this time. And if you look, 1965, right, is Mercury Rahu. If you open it up, you'll have a Mercury, should be Mercury Rahu Venus. Yeah. What did we say earlier? Where is this? Where is the ascending Lord in the in the ninth, ninth. Mm-hmm. and then the ninth Lord is in the eighth, and then right. you have Rahu in the middle, and Rahu mm-hmm. is in the seventh house. Right. Boom, Rahu boom, boom. is ruled by Mars, mm-hmm. so then you have a continuous interaction and switching and now the hands now they really do things are switched things fold over into the hands of the israelis at this time right this time another again all parties being egypt jordanians the syrians united arab emirates again come in and get their butts whooped i mean i had to say it like that but that's what happened the Israeli army is no joke, right? Their secret service is no joke. They have a serious secret service. I'm trying. I can't remember the guy's name. There's a guy I can't remember his name, but he he was notorious, man. Um, member of the. Uh, I can't remember the name of the secret service. They have a spe- Their secret service is like the CIA. The KGB. Right? Oh, yeah. They don't, they have spies within spies within spies. And guess where does the, where does the Lord that rules the night, the, the ascendant Lord go to the eighth house of spies? The sun is in the eighth house of what? Spies. Right. Mercury's kind of <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah. That's how they were able to win because of the espionage and the hidden back doors that they knew, the access points and knew who was firing what, where it was coming from. They knew how to stop certain onslaughts, how to cut off certain routes. I'm serious. Their their military is no joke. Mars in the 11th house gives a very strong military disposition. It's one of the best places for Mars. Other than the 6th house, the 11th house is one of the best places for Mars. That's why the Libra Ascendant fits perfectly. If it were Virgo, Mars would be in the 12th house, wouldn't it? Right. 
and that would weaken the resolve of the military. This is how you begin to put side by side and measure which is which, because there's a hairline difference between 2950 degrees and zero degrees. Right. And Lahiri will put it in Virgo. So, you know, again, right, this is when you get technical, but the technicalities are important to yield the right birth time, the right birth point, the right access to get the information of what's going on. So by far, right, the dashes reveal exactly what is going on. And we won't spend so much time on the dashes today because we don't have to go through each one. But guess what we do have coming up very soon, folks? Very, very soon, right? As of the end of next year, this nation will be in its first, and listen to me, first Rahu period. It has never been in a Rahu Dasha ever. There are people on this planet that are older than this nation. Right. This is not an old nation. This is a very, 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 very young nation. And when you have a young nation like a young person, when Rahu comes and you've heard us talk about it, they're gonna have a they're gonna need a t-shirt after 18.5 years to say, I've survived my Rahu period. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> because Rahu is in the sign of Mars. Now, mm. to add fuel to the fire, right? Before the Rahu period engenders, as of April 14th of 2022, Rahu will be in the seventh house. So they will have their second nodal return. No, is it their third? Excuse me, their third nodal return. Because 19, uh, 18, 1836, and now, uh, so, so in their 50s, right? Because this, this nation is what? How old? 50, no, 60, 63? 63, 64 is when you have your third nodal return. 73. 70, excuse me, 70. Right. So right around that time, right, you'll see Rahu is entering, right, is going to conjunct its natal placement. So it's almost as if you're going back in time to the beginning of when you got this started. They're going to repeat this process. And they're in a Rahu Dasha simultaneously. Well, will be at the end of the year. So what you will see, folks, they're going to have a lot of unexpected events. I would suspect probably, right? And here's the thing. When Rahu actually enters into their seventh house, directly opposed to it, well, excuse me, direct, the ruler of Rahu is Mars. Mm -hmm. That ruler will be exactly at five degrees of Aquarius. Look to see where the natal placement of Mars is for this chart. It's at five degrees Leo. So they, the Mars, the Mars planetary alignments are in direct opposition when Rahu enters its natal placement. That is a very un, unsavory placement, and Mars is in an enemy sign. Not a right. good start. 
Right. And when you guys are looking at it, this is the transits. You can see the degrees of the transits here. And this is the birth chart here at the top where it says birth chart. And this is the transits here. So you see here at five degrees right there. Five degrees wow. right there. Wow. So they're going to be at war. Mm -hmm. Y'all pin this. Come back and look when, when, when this time jumps off and let's see what, what's happening. Right. It won't happen that day per se, but just know there's going to be a major fallout. And I would imagine it's probably going to be with, not with the Palestinians. Palestinians are pretty much under control for the most part. I would say with another nation in that area. I don't know who, but if I were a betting man, I'd probably say Iran. Yeah, I mean, if, you know, all it takes is, you know, Iran, get with China, get Doesn't with take Russia. Much. Then they come together and say, okay, this is tactic one. Iran, go mess with Israel. <laughs> yeah, they've already had some skirmishes and they've had to use that Iron Dome alas, in the last couple of years from some missiles that were fired. I think they were from Palestine, but I think some of them also might have been from Iran, if I'm not I'm not wrong. Right. So just Yeah, that's that's World War Three right there. If if just the alliance of that alone, Russia, China, boom, boom, boom. North Korea is already with China. Iran. No one likes Israel in that area. Not to say no one likes Israel. I'm talking about in that area. They're not hot on they're not high on the list. No. And so you got to consider Mars in opposition that rules Rahu to Mars as a NATO in the NATO. It's that's yeah. And Mars is going to aspect the twelfth house, which is espionage. Also, it's spies, hidden enemies. Mm -hmm. Right, it's going to aspect the what house, the eighth house, which is where Mercury and the Sun is. <laughs> I'm just saying, folks. Right. This is going to be an interesting Rahu ride for them. Right. Right. So, you know, the Dasha, right, alone, just with Rahu itself, holds a, a very potent, unsavory energy. Not let alone it's ruled by Mars, and then Mars creates this opposition when it's in its in, in nodal return. So, you know, take notes, folks, right? I think we've done Israel, right? A decent that, job. There's right? another interesting thing too. Um, mm -hmm. If the time of this person that we have is accurate, um, Hitler's a Libra ascendant as well. Yes, sir, he is. Yes, sir, he is. With four planets in Libra. I mean, four planets in Aries, right? Mm -hmm. Sun, Mars, Mercury, and Venus. Right. And guess where Jupiter is in the what? It's in the third, right? Again. <laughs> that's interesting right isn't it though isn't it though that is very interesting right I believe K2 is in the third with Hitler's chart with K2 with Jupiter and Rahu is in the ninth so if you look at these two comparably so it's interesting right almost like takes away from his power and funnels it right into a whole nother apparatus he has Saturn in the in the in the tenth as well. Mm-hmm. Sure does. And Ashlesha.
So mm-hmm. almost, you know what I mean? Like not to say in 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 a way, but in a way, right? Take some of that power. Remember, I told you Germany still owes them nineteen billion dollars. Both Chitra, not Chatra. Um, send it. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing very you brought that up because it's very, very interesting. Very interesting. So, you know, if you plan on traveling over there during these times, you might want to just make sure you, you know, uh, consult an astrologer, right? Or consult a, a, a divine oracle so that you can navigate, you know, these waters when you uh, venture your way over there because it may not be the best time to do so. <laughs> indeed, 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 indeed. So, um, yeah, folks, that's episode 20 or whatnot, you know? Man, we, we almost went uh, two hours. It didn't even feel like it. I don't know if it felt like it to y'all, but it didn't it's amazing feel like how it. time Cause, flies, cause, isn't it? Yeah, because there's so much stuff to unfold, you know, when you're going through these charts. Um, and, I, and, there's, and there's much more there that, you know, that's not even covered and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's definitely, definitely interesting. Israel. Israel, sure. Israel. We didn't even touch on Pluto being in that 10th house with Moon and Saturn, right? Exactly. Which Neptune being in the twelfth house, which will be activated when that Mars hits in the fifth house by, by aspect. You know what I mean? There's a lot that you know, you uh Senate Lord conjunct Uranus, which is also scientific in its disposition as well. So I mean, yeah, we didn't even get into we just got into the tip of the iceberg, folks, definitely. Indeed. Indeed, indeed. But you know, as usual, this episode is brought to you by Pushing Forward Media Group, Calaprucia Astrology, and our good people over there on Patreon. Big up to y'all. Um, just a couple quick announcements again. Um, be looking out for the new film we're gonna drop. Um, pretty soon. I I come with a date. We're still in production, so you know we'll 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 you know I think that won't be able to crank out. You know within the next maybe uh maybe less than a month or so. Um, so be on the tune for that. Also, um, like I said, I've been, you know, trying to find a new um, distributor for the merch. I think I might have found it, you know. So uh, this is the the gentle hand hat of whatnot. This will be for sale real soon. Um, I have the gentle shirts as well. This is a shirt as well. I don't know if I'm going to put it on sale. If you want it, you want one, just let me know or whatnot. You'll see it on the uh, website or um, you'll be able to purchase it on Instagram and stuff like that. Rod, you got your merch and everything um, locked in too, right? Yeah, grab it, grab it, grab it. They're going. Yeah. They're going, right? So grab them while Indeed. you can. Caliparusha or whatnot, you know? Indeed. So, um, you know, be um, stay tuned for that or whatnot. I got other colors and stuff like that. So we'll we'll put that there so you guys can get locked in with that. Um, Rod, you got anything else you want to say to the people before we uh, no. close this thing all the way out? No, sir. Just been another great episode. Appreciate everybody tuning in and definitely... You know, share the video if you like it. You know, uh, definitely comment. You know, give us a thumbs up. You know, keep the energy going and, you know, help us grow the platform. Indeed. 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 So with that being said, thank you all for tuning in. It's another great episode. We'll be back next week around the same time, same place. Another dope episode. We're out. Peace. Peace.